in a dream last night you were standing in a brilliant light one minute here but the next you were gone I thought you could stay But I was so wrong The end is here The game is over No more pretending No more No more are back with part two of the final episode of Joe vs. the World, and we have quite a bit to get through, so why don't we jump into our very first guest and talk some Ring of Honor. Alright, we are back with our next guest. He has been on a bunch of times, I think only second in number of appearances to Justin Shapiro. He is our regular Ring of Honor correspondent and does a whole lot more. Matt Foy. Matt, how you doing? I'm, uh, I guess I'm doing alright, although this is a, uh, a fairly bittersweet situation here. Um, you know, it's been a crazy uh, year plus in my life, and you know, all the money, all the women, yeah, the, uh, no- the Nobel uh, Peace Prize I won, the Nobel Physics Prize I won, and of course our uh, tandem performance in uh, this past year's Kentucky Derby. Mm. And I and I have to say I owe it all to you and Joe versus the world. So um, thank you, Joe. The number of lives we've touched is astonishing. Yep. Ugh. So. Anyway, we uh, we did we we missed you on the uh, the SummerSlam retrospective. Justin and I did. Could have used uh, some of your insight to balance our uh, absurdity, but we did soldier on. Uh, no, no, no. It was it was wonderful. Oh, that's good to know. Yes. Now you did say you wanted to discuss some uh, some ROH. Actually, I should mention that I was at an ROH show not too long ago. I was in Roxbury for Death Before Dishonor Night One. Were you there for uh, Night Two? I was indeed. All right, we can do a little. I'll just do. A, I want to talk about this show a, a bit. We can All do right. a, a bit of a tandem. Uh, for, I was not shot, uh, in case anyone's wondering. There was apparently a shooting either during the show or a bit before the show <laughs> in lovely Roxbury. Which yeah, is, I uh, remember uh, after the first show there, um, people and people were complaining about it, and they were like, "Oh, you know, don't be such a baby. You know, everything's fine." And then the, the very next show, there's a shooting. Yeah, somebody has a shot at the next show, so. Uh, <laughs> 
somewhat questionable, but I have to say the show was um, it was a good show. I recommend uh, getting night one. Uh, the second half of the show is really killer, and I have to talk about the uh, the, the Morishima Claudio Castagnoli match. And it sounds like um, the Morishima match is kind of with the same both nights. Uh, night one with Claudio, night two against Brent Albright. Where uh, the basic story of the match was both guys, both challengers, trying to hit a move. I know uh, Claudio kept trying to hit the Ricola bomb. He couldn't get him up the first time. He tried again. I think uh, Morishima just kind of fell on his face, which looked like it sucked. And when he finally hit it, the plates went nuts, got a very close near fall. I know Morishima doesn't really kick out. He doesn't get his shoulder very far off the mat, so a lot of people thought it was over. And then uh, Morishima went on to win. Is that kind of how the uh, Albright match went? Yeah, and uh, you know, with the Albright match, it was funny because, well, first of all, I've never seen Albright nearly that over. Mm. And for some reason, they really hated Morishima on that on the show that I went to. And I don't know if it was the good kind of heat or the bad kind of heat. It was really hard to tell. But it was, mm. it was, it was funny because, um, it's, you know, I didn't really buy into any of Albright's near falls just because I, I just couldn't imagine them doing that. But, yeah. but it seems like everyone else in the building did, so I guess success there. Yeah. Doing uh, something right, and uh, I've totally torn. The, I mean, the Morishima as he seems totally fine as champ to me now. I know it seemed to take a while for him to grow into the role, but I'm uh, totally fine with him being the top guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, me too. I, I um, I'm curious to see what how they finally finish up the ring. I think it'll be something as basic as just you know Danielson winning it back or anything like that. I'm guessing. I'm thinking Nigel will be the guy to uh, unseat him. Yeah, it seems like they were teasing that for a while, and now they're pulling back a lot with Nigel's push. But that might just be to kind of throw everyone off, or just to, you know, maybe he, maybe they felt he was getting overexposed and overpushed, which uh, I'm not necessarily going to argue with. So it might mm-hmm. be good to, you know, push him to a little bit to the background for you know a couple months. I would not be surprised if that happened. I don't know if it'll be a final battle or perhaps earlier next year, but mm-hmm. he is a, a solid guy to be the champ right now, and he is facing Danielson. Is it? Saturday. That, uh, this Saturday. Yes, probably. Um, That'll probably be long in the past by the time the show gets uploaded. Okay, but it, it, is, it will be August 25th. August 25th. So everyone will know if I'm stupid for uh, thinking that Danielson won't win. We'll see. I'm guessing Danielson will not win, but yeah. we shall see. Uh, also, the main event was a crazy street fight between the Briscoes and Kevin Steen and El Generico. The street fight where... Uh, Everyone wore uh, jeans and a shirt instead of their wrestling outfits, which always makes me laugh for some reason. Like that's that makes you tougher, or it's better protection, or I don't know what. But yeah, this one was was crazy, almost to a, a bad degree. Like yeah. just the the amount of insanity they were doing. Yep. I was in the I was in the bleachers, so I had a pretty good vantage point most times. Sometimes you just couldn't tell what was going on, so it, it may play better on on uh, DVD. But yeah, that's uh, they did a hell of a job, and uh, the the Steen pinned one of the Briscoes with a package pile driver on a ladder, which had to suck. And if I recounted all the craziness in this match, it would take uh, it would take <laughs> I would have to continue the show for about another year. So yeah, yeah. So, but, I will uh, say that I don't know how much ROH you've watched, like on as far as DVD since um, you know, like April. But um, do you get the sense that Kevin Steen and El Generico have added just an unbelievable amount to the to the product in, over the past few months. I just think that they're they're like, you know, along with Danielson, probably the two best guys now in terms of just all around package consistency. Um, they're I don't know they've they've just blown me away. 
Yeah, they're doing some good stuff. I saw the match they had with uh, Mike Quackenbush and Jigsaw, I think, in Philadelphia, and that was a lot of fun. It's really funny. These two guys who had a shot, I think, a, a couple years back and weren't brought back for a long time, well, they're brought back, and they're really, like, laying the promotion on fire now. No, yeah, absolutely. I think they're the... Um they're probably the MVPs as far as my enjoyment of uh, of the company this year. Mm. And uh, oh, I should have mentioned the uh, the Project 161 <laughs> shenanigans happened during the Nigel uh, Chris Hero pure tit- pure rules match, I should say. And so the lights go out, and you're like, oh, shit, they blew a fuse or something. And then someone keeps going, Project 161. And all the uh, the uh, training school guys run out and try to find who's doing it. And they're like, we don't know. And then it ended, and it's like, oh, this is, yeah, I don't know where this, I don't know where this is going. And who knows, it, it could be a good angle. But right now, this is not, this is not lighting my world on fire. And I think this is pretty much the same reaction in, in uh what were they the next night? Yeah, well, in, yeah, in Philly, um, it was a little, it was maybe slightly less stupid because they didn't have like crazy special effects or anything like that. Yeah, or mystery. It was just some schlub came out with a megaphone and start like in the crowd just started screaming, "We're Project One Six One is real. Project One Six One is coming." Yeah, and and then Jerry just threw him out, and Jack Evans started a kick him out chant or get the f out or whatever it was. Yeah, and that was it. And yeah, nobody really cared. I yeah, I, I don't know what. I don't know what that's all about. I don't, you know, it, I somehow get the sense that it wasn't supposed to be a, what the big deal that it's become. But since like the internet latched onto it, they were like, "Oh yeah, we got to run with this now." That's yeah. so, I, I don't know. I can't imagine living up to anything because what 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 else what what's out there that could live up to any sort of like crazy internet hype? Yeah, if it's like Adam Pierce or something like that, then I, yeah. I don't know about that. But right. we shall see. I should mention the. Um, the opener was Jack Evans and, and Davey Richards, and I actually, I actually enjoyed that immensely. And the crowd was way into Jack. Jack has gotten much, much better over the years. And uh, I don't know if he's going to ha- – it seems like he's going to get his group together. I don't know. I was thinking maybe it would be uh, Cheech and Cloudy would be part of that. They were brought back for a tryout of sorts. I don't know. I don't think that was discussed in, in Philadelphia or since, but I don't know if you've heard anything else. No, I have I have no idea where they're going. I just know I read somewhere in some sort of rumor that originally, before he was I don't, like when when he, they were first talking about it back in February that the Briscoes were going to be involved in his faction or something like that. But I don't think that's where they're going to go now. Yeah. So um, yeah, I have no I have no idea. I just know that um, I'm glad that Jack Evans had a good night on Friday because his match with Deranged on a Saturday uh, bombed so badly. I felt I felt terrible for Deranged because the crowd was just unmerciful on him, and it, it definitely wasn't entirely his fault. Yeah. but That's too bad. Whatever. I don't know about this whole... I don't know, the the, the, the faction wars. This yeah. is my first time really viewing it, and the No Remorse core of uh, Roderick and and uh, and Davey and, and Rocky, that's fine. Yeah. The resilience, uh, you know, Austin Aries, great. Matt Cross, I'm not really just seeing him in this role, and Eric Stevens, like I just don't know, and like no, yeah, I, I of all the guys for them to get behind the way they have, uh, I mean, you know, nothing against Eric Stevens, he's he's fine, he has potential, but I, I don't know, he's just he's very bland, and he hasn't had any sort of real breakout performance. So, um, yeah, I don't know, I, it definitely hasn't worked as well as I would have expected it to. I don't, I think that the, the guys on the face team are too bland. Yeah, it's just yeah, 
and I know they're trying to go for a Dragon Gate kind of deal, but it's not really bringing the guys up just because they're part of a team, which is kind of too bad, but yep. what are you going to do? And I, I do have to compliment the building, uh, despite the fact people were, were shot uh, outside, but it was actually a very nice building. It was air-conditioned, which, believe me, made me very happy, given some of the sweat boxes I've seen ROH in during the summer. And really seeing uh, on, the, on the bleachers was great, because you actually had a good view and you didn't have some guy... Right. When, when everyone stands up, when something happens, you're pretty much still covered. So, right. Thumbs up. I don't know if I'll be back to that, but yeah, I know, I know. I guess we'll see. So, that was night one. It was uh, it was good stuff. Do you have any any overall thoughts on night two? Um, night two was um, it was good. It was you know solid from top to bottom. I um, don't know that there was there was anything really worth going out of your way to see. My favorite stuff was the Briscoes and Steen and Generico stuff. That was the most heated and the most exciting. And I just you know I'm just loving Steen and Generico right now. Mm-hmm. But um, um, other than that, um, the main event street fight started out great for the yep. first 20 minutes. It was crazy all over the place. Matt Cross hit an unbelievable dive that they show a clip of in the uh, in the video wire where he. Uh, runs across the top of the bleachers and jumps to the side and kicks off of the uh, wall hmm. and does a flip. And uh, it was amazing. But towards the uh, towards the, the middle portion of the match, it really started to break down. There were just too many guys in there. And yeah. then by the time they got to the big, what was supposed to be the big f- finale of Stevens versus uh, Roderick, um, I think they kind of lost the crowd and it wasn't as, as hot as they would like would have liked it to be. It, was, it wasn't bad. It was it was still pretty good, and they gave Stevens a nice standing ovation at the end, but I kind of got the sense that they were doing it because they thought they were supposed to rather than they were just blown away by the match or the performance. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, um, Danielson and Quackenbush obviously had a very good match. Probably not as good as I would have hoped because people didn't exactly buy into um, Quackenbush's finishers. I guess the, they hadn't really been established in ROH or anything like that. Yeah. But it was still a uh, it was still a very good match. And I, you know, from top to bottom, it was it's a show worth seeing. But I don't know that it's a show that you have to see. I like the uh, the June Philadelphia show, which um, which actually would have been one of the best shows of the year if they had included the Danielson versus McGinnis match that was that mm. was on the taping for the second pay per view. Um, if they had included that on the DVD. But um, even without that match, it's still a very good show. Cool. All right. And uh, when we had talked about you coming on for the final episode, you said you wanted to have a brief discussion about the future of wrestling and how all the issues facing wrestling relate to the indies and ROH. Yeah, yeah. Um, ROH in particular, just because yeah, that's you know my uh, you know more my area of, of I guess knowledge or interest. But um, you know, it's just. It's just something because, you know, everybody over the past couple of months, obviously, has talked about, you know, what's going on, you know, changes that should be made in WWE, even TNA, you know, congressional investigations, um, drug testing, all that stuff. You know, the pressure is put on wrestlers as far as schedule, as far as the way they have to look. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just trying to think about what that means for, for the indies, basically. And, um, you know, with Ring of Honor, it's it's, it's hard to tell what, you know, what it's going to happen to these guys because they're all so young and, you know, they're still years away from that kind of 37 to 45 threshold where it seems like all these premature deaths are happening. Um, but so, um, just when I think about ring of honor, if you know, if you think about what wrestler 
for Ring of Honor is patterned after, if you have to look up and down, you know, since the beginning across the board, you know, obviously, you know, some guys have different influences than others, but if you had to pick one wrestler that really influenced the whole promotion, the whole style, you know, I'd probably say Chris Benoit is the first name that you'd list, right? Sure. And, um, I don't know, the mentality of Chris Benoit, the Chris Benoit's and the Eddie Guerrero's, and it seems to me, it's like, they're guys that are really too small for pro wrestling as far as what the, um, you know, just what the paradigm has, has always been. Mm-hmm. And so they, um, so basically they do something to uh, make themselves stand out. They, you know, they can't do what Hulk Hogan does and, you know, be that big hulking showman. So they devote themselves to, I guess, what what some people would say, you know, some maybe we consider laughable, but some people would say it would be the art of pro wrestling. They're just very, very dedicated to the craft and, and all of that. And they just get very, very deeply obsessed with it in a way that some, you know, like the actual in-ring performance aspect that maybe other guys, bigger guys, more charismatic guys wouldn't... Um, Mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily get into and i i don't know i just it just it's just interesting to think of like what that does to their thought process you know mm. you know about you know it's it's all been reported how chris benoit was very very paranoid near the end about you know you know he 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 really desperately wanted to be on the level of uh, Shawn michaels or triple h and the company was never going to view him that way even you know and really you know he um he really had nothing to to be jealous about or anything like that, because sure. you know, his, uh, you know, at his age, he's achieved more than anyone possibly could have imagined that he would have when he was starting out at his size. And he was always going to have a job. He was the mo- one of the most respected guys in the company. He was a locker room leader. You know, certainly, if he w- if he wanted to be respected by people who appreciated the quote unquote art of professional wrestling, he was as respected as anyone in the world could possibly be. Mm-hmm. But he still drove himself nuts. I guess you know. In, you know, with other many other things being factors, but in part, you know, because of just his his perceived status in in the industry, and I just you know it makes you think about how a lot of these guys in ROH, if if that's the same kind of pitfall that they'll fall into. Mm. Um, Do you think that that mentality of trying to be the best and worrying about it, or yeah, and, the damage and, and, and you do just, to your body, and just uh, but it's both, and also trying to. I don't know, maybe please, like, a very small subset of fans who appreciate something that's very specific and very different than what is, is, has classically been the thing that makes you the most money in wrestling. Mm-hmm. And and in, in Ring of Honor, if you look in particular, they, I mean, and, and all the big indies now, but they, and, you know, if you look, even going back to ECW, they do a lot of things to... Um, that are really dangerous to mm-hmm. for not very much money to please a very very small set of fans, and in most cases it won't it won't get them fame and fortune, and it won't it won't necessarily get them even contracts or even looks by you know WWE or anything like that, and you know sometimes you have to wonder what you know is it is it worth it for these guys? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I was watching the, the the street fight on Friday, and there's guys just taking just these terrible unprotected. Uh, chair shots to the head, and I'm like, you know, God, like, what's this? What's this? Gonna, I'm, part of me now thinks in the back of my mind, what's this going to happen to these guys down the line? And when you're not making uh, a ton of money, then you're probably going to have to get a real job at some point. And it's, uh, and the, the, I mean, if you work for just ROH or occasional indie, the travel's obviously not as bad right. as uh, WWE, but the amount of punishment you take is. Uh, 
probably up there given the more hard impact style. And I mean, I'm sure there are guys on the. I mean, there are guys on steroids in Ring of Honor. I'm sure there are uh, guys a lot of, on uh, a lot of pain pills too. So it's kind of something that's in your mind as a fan now. Like, gosh, like you know, everything you see, it's like what effect is this having on these guys? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I was going to say if if there's a benefit to something like Ring of Honor, it's a that they don't they don't have that mandatory difficult schedule that you have working full time for WWE. Although obviously a lot of these guys take as many bookings as they can get mm-hmm. because you have to earn a living. Um, and the other the other benefit is that there isn't you know just whether or not the, there are guys in Ring of Honor on steroids, and I'm sure there are plenty, but. Um, Ring of Honor doesn't specifically promote a steroid look, quote unquote, no. in any in any way. Um, but I would say that they're probably more more body focused than maybe another, you know, other indies. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's probably a little bit hard. Like for example, somebody like Chris Hero, it took him a very long time to even get booked by ROH, and you know, Kevin Steen, the same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sure the body had something to do with it. Obviously, you know, you look at Samoa Joe, and you know. If, if, if Ring of Honor had never considered, you know, na, na, you know, today because of his success in places like ROH and TNA, there's a shot that Samoa Joe might one day get a push in WWE. You know, it's not necessarily likely, but it's not altogether out of the question. But mm-hmm. if if a company like ROH hadn't taken a chance on him in the first place, there there would have been no chance. So in that sense, they they're not as you know they're certainly not as stringent as you know even close to as as the WWE. No. But at the same time, that there is there is at least some focus on that, and you know, in you know, Ring of Honor, obviously, it's a um, it's a powerful promotion as far as indies go. Probably the most powerful because, not you know, not only is it probably the biggest payday on the indies, um, for, especially for you know just pure indie guys who don't have names from the past, but it also can get you hooked up with Dragon Gate or Noah, so mm. it's a pretty prestigious spot to be, excuse me, to be in. But at the same time, uh, you know, goes uh, WWE, so goes the uh, so goes the rest of the industry, and a lot of these guys are going to be doing stuff to uh, to get them looked at by WWE, not just to achieve you know a high status in ROH or get booked on a Noah tour. Hmm. Now, uh, Ring of Honor has flown under the radar as far as as far as congressional letters go. WWE was singled out, then TNA and the NWA of all things. Do you think uh, do you think ROH will uh, get a letter, and if so, do you think they would ever institute a, a drug policy? Uh, it's tough to say. I mean, if, if they got a letter and said, you know, what have you been doing? You know, what could they possibly say? They could just say, um, you know, we don't we don't do anything. You know what? Yeah. There's, there's, <laughs> no, there's nothing. That, there's nothing that they can say. But um, I don't know if it's economically feasible for ROH to to do something like that. You know, I, I you know, I wish that they could, but I don't know what they could possibly do. Now, I think a company like ROH would probably be hurt the least by external regulation, you know, by you know, by the state or by uh, mm-hmm. you know by you know federal or whatever, because I don't think that they would lose anything suddenly suddenly all their guys got off steroids. Yeah. But um you know pain painkillers that's another that's another issue, but Honestly, I don't think it would be too bad for them if the guys stopped taking all the insane risks either. Yeah, they just oh. toned it down. So. Yeah, I, I um, I, you know, I you wonder though, you know, when you watch these things, it's like, what is the responsibility of of guys like Gabe Polsky or Kerry Silkin or you know, or the fans for that matter who are so demanding of these guys who go so nuts for, you know, the these 
these killer spots that you see in pretty much every single match on these shows. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's tough to reconcile, you know, there's, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what to make of it, but yeah, I don't have a, like an easy answer for you, but yeah, that's uh, something that's going to have to be thought about. So we will, uh, let's see. Oh, I think we, a couple more tidbits that Matt Seidel did sign a developmental deal, which, with uh, WWE, which did surprise me given given his size. I do uh, enjoy him immensely. I think he's come a long way as a character uh, this year, especially as a heel. And I wish him the best, but I don't know what's going to become of him. Probably end up on SmackDown as a cruiserweight, and I don't know. I'll be curious to see what happens, but it's kind of a long shot, but certainly his best chance to make good money in wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, guys, like I said, this is like it's the same issue where, you know, guys are busting their butt on the indies for not that much money and killing themselves, you know, you hope that they'll, they'll at least get a chance to, uh, you know, store, you know, hoard up some money, even if they don't necessarily get a big push. And who knows, you know, you know, there are always exceptions and Matt Seidel, you know, has a, you know, has a marketable look in some ways, even if mm-hmm. WWE, you know, Vince McMahon, let's say walking by him, won't look at him and say, Oh, he'll turn heads in the airport. So, but you never know, you never know what'll happen. No, and uh, he's one of the smart ones. He has a college degree, so he has something to fall back yeah, on. Absolutely. Hopefully, he'll get a good couple, good money-making years out of it, and and get out in one piece. Yep. And, and uh, do we have any word on any update on Misawa showing up? Any idea when, where that's going to happen? No, but the uh, the big assumption is that it's going to be um, in the first weekend of November because they're running a Philly New York double shot, and that's not their uh, their common path. And that's what they did. Oh. That's what they did when Kobashi was in the states. And they already have a lot of Noah guys booked on that show. I think um, I think Kenta and Marafuji are going to be there. Marshim is going to be there. So um, so that's what the uh, that's what the betting line is. Really? So it would be New York on that Friday. I think it's actually Philly on Friday, New York. On Philly Saturday. on Friday, New York Saturday. In last week of that's very interesting. So I, if he shows up, I may have to try to make the the trek out out there to see that. I don't, I don't care if me saw was. Uh, old and broken down, and he may fall asleep in the middle of the ring. I don't know, but that's still a chance to see him live. Now, now let me ask you this, though. All right. What do you, do you, do you think that it would be a ve- very damaging to the GHC title or to Noah if Mizawa put over, say, uh, a U.S. wrestler, like, a, say, a Nigel McGuinness for the GHC? I mean, probably not Nigel McGuinness because he's been establishing Noah as kind of a jobber, but, you know, somebody in the United States for a big GHC title change in Manhattan, which I mean, probably shocked pretty much everyone. But what do you think the reaction would be in Japan? Uh, I think it would be bad. Noah's not really the all-Japan a way of having strong foreign wrestlers or Stan Hansen. They pretty much just have guys just to have guys. And I don't know who who he would put over to uh to for the title and not have it be shock and probably hurt it in in, in their fan base. So if this was say all Japan and you had strong foreigners, I wouldn't be surprised at all. But in this situation I wouldn't look I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on that happening at all. Yeah. Um yeah just 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 curious about how that would work out. I'm sure they'll have them. I don't know whether they'll do a singles or a tag or what have you, but... Yeah. McGinnis is a natural opponent, though, if they're going to sure. have him wrestle a regular ROH guy. Maybe they'll have him and Danielson teaming up against Misawa and someone else, and then maybe a singles match Yep. the next night, although I'm not sure who you'd have him uh, fight, but hopefully Misawa doesn't phone it in when he's over here. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much a couple... 
I want to say guaranteed sell. They probably would. I know New York would probably sell out guarantee on that. I don't know about Philly, but yeah, that's yeah. some good stuff. And uh, and then I imagine final battle on the 29th of December. I would imagine back in Manhattan. Yep. Um, yeah, it's pretty quick turnaround, but yes, I yet. believe that is the case. All right, so that's pretty much it for the year in Ring of Honor. So that would be good. Do you have anything else uh, ROH related you would like to, or uh, anything in general on your? Uh, in in general, I just want to say um, I uh, I hope you uh, eventually reconsider, and uh, we're all going to miss the show, you know. Um, and uh, thanks for the thanks for the memory. Uh, I thank you for being on your your hard work and in uh, being on the show, and it was a blast, and I always enjoyed having you on, and. Something down the road, who can say? You never say never, especially in wrestling, but right now we're just going to have to say farewell. Yep, farewell. And if you folks stay tuned, I'll be back in mere moments with our very next special guest. We are back with uh, our two final guests on the show today, two very good friends of the show, Dr. Keith Lipinski and my good pal Mike Sempervivi. Here to put the nails in this motherfucker. It's, see. it's 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 about time, and I'm so happy that Joe's going because then my show's going to look much better now. So hip hip, no, hustle. I forgot, I forgot about the <laughs> hip hip hustle is always oh. the way to go, especially with more hips. And uh, while I'm on the air with you, Mike Sempervivi, and I feel a little bit for a second like I'm going to be, talk, be talking like Moro Ranello at a thousand miles per hour because I haven't done a show in God knows how long. I definitely want to congratulate you on, of course, the uh, revealing of the sex of your baby, as I suggested, Santino Sempervivi, a delicious boy, and more importantly, now we just have to find out who its daddy is. Keith, you totally stole my joke. Um, I am pissed. I was going to ask, you know, we know, do we know who the father is yet? And that would be funny, but no. Well, you could ask him, and then we'll pretend none of that stuff happened. Bullshit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, right back in the forum, no class, either one of you. Oh, what are you talking about no class? I think, I think without a doubt, we're really going to make people not miss Joe by this show. I think <laughs> the standards that we bring to this excellent show, I think what we're going to do is basically after this show, people will be like, oh, Joe, please don't go. Like it's, before it was like the, you know, like the, the guy leaving ROH, oh, please don't go, or, you know, no one's chanting, Joe, you sold out. We don't even know what Joe sold out for. Nope. Why, why, no. why did you sell out? Well, you know, there. Uh, Mike. I have a feeling that Mike might no. be responsible with his heinous, venomous worms, that scorpion man. That's yeah, I would like to know. I would like to get to. I'd like some closure here. I would like to know all the, the, the source of all the, the hostility Mike has towards me. I, I, I do not have hostility towards you. Okay. Not not at all. No, I have defended myself against attacks from you. The photo the <laughs> photoshopping of my voice. I don't know what that means. I thought it was a terrible thing to do. See. Editing See, me to putting words in my mouth that, that were not true. Well, you did say all the things that were on my sh- on the show, right? Anything someone's heard, there are words you've said, right? Yeah, but it was oh, so there you go. I but yeah, but it was the co- it was the context. That, that you, mm. you you completely twisted around and misrepresented my words. 
I don't remember any of this. See, to me, I think it dates back to when uh, I co-hosted the Dr. Keith Lipinski show well, was right. around uh, Valentine's Day. And um, I don't know, Mike, suddenly he seemed threatened, perhaps. I don't know, but he got very hostile. I think I, he can't go a show without mentioning my name and how much I suck and, and things of that nature. Well, it might be envy. It might be like the, you know... That's my guess. It might be the young girl with the skin knee that has a crush on the boy and then smacks him in the face strong style. That could be. I mean, you know... When, Probably when, not, but I mean, I'm just, just giving out theories here. You know, when when his boss, Brian Alvarez, is on my show, he kisses my ass and offers me jobs. And when he talks about you, when he remembers Mike's name, you know, he just totally denigrates everything you do and uh, well, seems angry that you're well, on the Well, that's Adam's fault, really. It, it's okay. Adam has been the big the big albacore around my neck. Or <laughs> what? Wow. And, and albacore. <laughs> yeah, I really have to put it around his neck. Dragging me down. Man, with, with all of my talents and big brainworthy brainworthy capacity, I would like to note right here that this is why the PPH is no longer in existence because we just find the one person that isn't around right now and talk shit about him. So that one is Coughlin. Yeah, is <laughs> eating uh, chicken. Sorry. You know, there's also the, the thought that the quarterback of my football team, his big scandal is he uh, has sex with Superman movie stars and produces kids out of child lock while Mike's quarterback is uh, in jail for dogfighting right now. Oh. I, I'm just tossing out theories, you know. That just seems... That might have been a little low. I mean, when you bring up dogfighting, it's always just a, it's a scandalous subject right there, Joe. Well, it's not like I said Joey Harrington's the quarterback of his team right now. <laughs> you know, not, that, that would be horrible. Hold on, let me go to Wikipedia so I can understand these jock-related terms. Oh. Low. Low. <laughs> you know, I haven't gone out and told anyone that since you've discovered the, you know, blow-up doll, that, you know, that is now your new best friend, that you don't have time to do your radio show anymore and that you'd rather spend time, you know, tweaking its little plastic nipples and telling it you love it every night. I I'm actually dedicating that. time to my gigolo service full-time, me and Jimmy Del Rey. <laughs> Get it on. Wow. Yep. This, is, this, is, this is obviously right now award-winning, prize-winning radio that you've come to expect. Considering I, I was hoping this would be a history of the Joe Gagne show, and then we, Mike and I, could talk about your show and the past on your show because I, I remember when you listen, do the slideshow presentation. Oh, I, I actually, I actually do just in case the conversation sort of you know just tinkers out because I didn't even know what we were going to talk about on this show. I knew I wanted to be on the last Joe versus the World show, but uh, I didn't even know what we had to talk about. So just in case, I do have a slideshow presentation for the fine listeners of Joe versus the World. Of my trip to Ireland and, of course, okay. Tell us about Ireland, Keith. I'm curious here. Ireland's a fantastic, fantastic uh, little hole in the wall. But, uh, you know, it, 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 sadly, the leprechaun seems to have fled because of the value of the euro. And apparently they're in Iceland right now making music. So ah. no leprechauns. But it was a fantastic, fantastic country. Fantastic people that ra- drive on the wrong side of the road and on the wrong side of the car. And... Uh, just I, I had such a fantastic, fantastic time there, and everywhere I stayed, and uh, I loved it. It was a great, great time, a great, great vacation from the wonderful world of pro wrestling until, of course, I started meeting from people from the board, and then it just became a pro wrestling nightmare. <laughs> now, wait. What, what do they call Irish car bombs in Ireland? I would not order a fucking Irish car bomb. <laughs> 
Ireland if my life depended upon it. As a bartender in the city of Chicago, anyone that orders an Irish car bomb anytime around St. Patrick's Day gets the same lecture that I'm about to give to you, Mike Sumpervivi. You see, the celebration of the Irish culture is not meant to be about the booze. Sure, the booze is a very important part of the Irish culture, but at the same time, it is not the only thing the Irish culture has provided to us. Is that not right, Mike Sumpervivi? No, of course not. You're not too sure. You're too busy degrading a culture just because of what they drink. And that's fine. I don't sit there and go, hey, Mike, you got some Carlo Rossi for these Italian times for St. Joseph's Festival? No, I don't do that at all. So let's celebrate a culture by sitting there and giving a drink that perpetualizes a stereotype for car bombings. True, car bombings are fun, but at the same time, they hurt some people, Mike Sempervivi. And do you want a drink that hurts people? No. You know what? That would have been a lot better if you did it with a wee little accent. What if I did it in the wee little accent and if I went up and down, it really loses its effect. And plus, when I go up and down and jiggle like that, I look a lot like Brock Lesnar doing the Brock dance. Soon to come to TNA. Or UFC. Oh, where, wherever he wants to go. The truth is, people, MMA is dead. <laughs> Alrighty. Seriously, I mean... Come on, where was all the press and pub? I mean, don't get me wrong, Randy's win uh, at the last UFC was fantastic. But, you know, folks, I have to tell you, if you got those IFL, if you got those Elite XC, even if you have the Semper uh, BB stock in the Adam and Mike show, sell it now. You know, outside of, uh, of Bodog, IFL, Pride, probably Heroes, uh, and about 50 other feds, I think MMA is doing just fine right now. No, nah, I'm, I'm just... just I'm just just aggravated right now. That's I see. Yeah, usually. Wow. But, but it's good. It's good to be here with both you guys. Yeah, it is. For for one final dance until, of course, Joe hang brings back his radio shoes after the retirement <laughs> ends. So, you know, Joe, we're gonna miss you those four weeks. And considering I, I haven't done a show in four weeks, you know, I could basically say that I haven't. You know, I retired as well. So, but. I should be back. Now, Joe, is this going to be like a Terry Funk thing, or are you done with this, like, for good? Like, the thought of you embarrassing yourself anymore, show after show after show with the Cubs fan, what is it? Are you coming back? Is this just, have you gone and, like, done some sort of gimmick in your own brain, now you're going to come back, like, you know, every couple weeks or so? What's the deal? Under a mask? No, it's, uh, the Joe versus the World show will now be uh, dead and buried at the conclusion of this program. Will I be gone from radio personally forever? I doubt that greatly. Perhaps you may see me on or hear me on the Dr. Keith show. Maybe I'll even pop by the Adam and Mike show one time. Wouldn't that be fun? You bet it would be. (laughs) Adam and Mike versus Joe versus the world. That's really the three-way match that I think America really, really needs to see as long as they don't talk about pro wrestling. Hey, look on the bright side. At least uh, Mr. Alvarez will acknowledge that show. (laughs) Oh, ka-ching. Now, now, see, now, that, that line actually made me sort of uncomfortable. And what's making me more uncomfortable is the thought and the paradox that I am basically am the Jimmy Carter between Sadat and Menachem Begin right now. So, really, huh. you know, I, I just wish you two guys would go to Studio 54, get the orgy pass, and get peace in the Middle East, or at least on the Internet message boards. I, I, I'm, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm so insulted. <laughs> well, I didn't say you were a Begin. I, I was thinking you were more Sadat. Cause I knew oh, great. You... So I was assassinated, too. Yeah. <laughs> you died as a martyr for the Egyptian people. They haven't had one of those since those fucking pharaohs. That's exactly. I will take the shots uh, with honor. <laughs> instead of responding back to this, to, to this petty jealousy. 
<laughs> the See? sad thing is we're not even like 10 minutes into this, and Ray, there's some great, great, uh, outstanding drops from this show. So, yes. You know, including talking about Joe talking about Brian kissing his ass and hiring him <laughs> for a job. I mean, right there, that's, that's tremendous radio. That's tremendous radio that you can find every single week or whenever we feel like doing it at F4WOnline.com. Damn. What? <laughs> uh, can, can, any, can we get any more questions, Joe? Can we, can we, are we putting bolts in this thing now or what? Oh, heck no. we got a long ways to go. <laughs> did, did, Joe, did Joe actually prepare for the show? Because obviously I did not. Kind of. I came up with all my mic insults ahead of time, and we got a bit to work through. So that's that's well, that's awesome. That's good to know. You know, I'm, I bet I'm, Mike Mike will miss this once you're gone. You know, keep, I promise you. Soon you're gonna have to stop holding me back from going after this man. <laughs> Are you talking to me or what? <laughs> or me? I'm not. Who you going after? It, it, it's always great when Mike's talks sometimes, and you're in a group of people because you're not sure who he's talking about, so you just nod your head and just try and enjoy the laughter. That's. <laughs> I know I do. We we so, got any but... more of this or, or come on? Oh, actually, Mike, I got we got some we got some issues to talk about uh-huh. here. Maybe okay. even related to, to pro wrestling. Uh, what? First of all, what, or what, with... your your lack there of taste wise, or what? <laughs> what? Goodness, that was a word. <laughs> you know, you know the sad thing is, I might just I might just actually put the the call on mute, or as I like to call it, Zach Arnold style, and oh. just sit there and score this, and we'll we'll sit there and go around by round basis, and now that that would just be dumb. Actually, having listened to the uh, last Adam and Mike Big Audio Nightmare, what's all what's all this about Ultimo Dragon being a sure Hall of Famer? What, what do you mean? Come on, bullshit! Come on, he's I like the guy. He did some stuff. It's, it's no a, way, Hall of Famer. I, I think That's a good been... way to talk about the J Crown. By the way, he did some stuff. <laughs> all right, he did some stuff. He trained a couple guys and. A couple. Uh, Sorry. What, 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 wait, what was the opening theme? Of your fucking show for I don't know how long. What Something was like that theme to? That was the uh, Dragon Gate theme. Okay, well, if there was no Ultimate Dragon, there'd be no Dragon Gate, right? Uh, apparently not. It's, you never there know. You go. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? Because it just proves it to be right there. If it wasn't for him, you wouldn't have had a theme for your little stupid show. No, I was just I was just a jump to the Big Japan theme. Does that mean Abdullah Kobayashi should be in the Hall of Fame? Well, well, yeah. Actually, it, it kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> Look, at the time he went into the, the, the top 100, it was named one of the top 100, the John Molinari book, and yes, Dragon's name was one that was batted about. His WWE career looked like he'd killed him dead before going into the Observer Hall of Fame, but he was voted in. I, I don't know why this is such, why would that shock you so much? It's not like I said, I don't know. Well, yeah, like Abdullah Kobayashi belongs in the Hall of Fame. I think Dragon was a sure Hall of Famer, and you can make a oh. case he was one of the top 100. Why would you not? It's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Very Good. But it, as it expands more and more and more, the NFL does it, it, what, seven guys a year or something like that, and as it goes along, it's right now when all the Japanese women were inducted very quickly, people started calling it the Hall of Very Good. So it's, I don't see why this is that big of a deal. It's not Lex Luger getting into it's Ultimo Dragon. Who was granted he didn't draw shitloads of money as a you know booker, but he revolutionized the style. He overcame. He brought you know the Japanese style. Well, helped bring this more of the Japanese style to Mexico. He and he came up in WCW. He did get over. 
Jasper basically at the time was a midget until Rey Mysterio got there. Yeah, well, the Nasty Boys were over, too, and I don't see them in the Hall of Fame. Well, not yet. Give it time. Not yet. Well, yeah, they may sneak in. Forget Benoit. I'm going to recall Ultimo Dragon. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I, will, I will spearhead this. Why, why just Ultimo Dragon? Why, of all, why all your ire to Ultimo? Because he's the worst guy in there. Out of all the guys in the Hall of Fame, Ultimo Dragon's the worst guy in there? Least deserving. Hmm. And I liked Ultimo Dragon. He did a lot of good stuff. Doesn't mean he's a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry, but with, like, you know, you're sure the Kentuckians belong in. Actually, they do belong in, but how the hell do you know that? You have no taste in anything. You have no knowledge. Look at you, right. jumping on the Ultimo Dragon, angry over Ultimo. I think, I, to be fair, I think Joe's angry for the fact we never saw his Stephanie McMahon-approved handsome face in the WWE. That was the worst of all. Yeah, well, totally. And, and the fact, I, I, think, I think Joe could sit there and see, you know, a million Ultimo Dragon matches, but can't forget about him slipping and falling at WrestleMania 20. Is that yep. what this is about, Joe? That's all it is. You still have this hatred towards the man because he just had a little slip in the arena that he wanted to work in on the, on the big show he's always wanted to work in. Yep. That he got two minutes to work in? Well, well, at least it seemed like two minutes. Had to make time for Shannon Moore. Oh. <laughs> or that uh, druggy Funaki. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what the fuck? I sit there, and I'm in, in Europe for two weeks. Nothing breaks, and then like two days before I'm going, oh, look at this, Funaki's on drugs. <laughs> that, that, that is what, what, what basically happened. Hey, my phone. Oh, my goodness. Is it Ultimo uh, Dragon or Show Funaki? <laughs> It says unknown name, so but we know his name. It's Asai, <laughs> <laughs> the innovator of the moon salt. Uh, yeah, the outside. Yeah, just for that, just for the Asai moon salt. I think you should give him a little bit of. I credit. hope it's somebody calling up to say boo this show, boo. <laughs> it's good to see that someone has a telephone in the future listening to this show. And, and apparently can't it. turn it off. What are you just going to let it ring? Pick it up. Yeah, well, I didn't know. I want to see what would happen. Do you usually, Mike, right before doing a show, I mean, do you usually turn off your your uh, your phone? Well, usually, yes. Because I usually just leave it on. I leave it at the highest setting so you could hear what my wacky ringtone is. What is your wacky ringtone? Uh, would you Would you like to hear it? Sure, yeah, I would. Okay, hold on for a second. Let me. Wow, really compelling. We go from Ultimo Dragon to me talking about my ringtones. Good times. Uh, oh, sorry, right, burp. That. Wow. See, you can burp now because you're going. So your legacy right. is already entrenched. So all of a sudden, it's just like you know. Oh, gee, Joe's Joe's all done. It's all good. All right. Here's here's my ringtone right now. Here we go. Oh, I want to make sure it's nice and loud for the people listening at home. I'm going to work it on the floor. Everybody, Everybody walked out the dinosaur. It wasn't as bad as my one from last week. What was last week? Oh, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. You know, my, really my first like, uh, 80s mode when it comes to ringtones lately. Actually, the first concert I ever went to uh, was not was performed. Oh, wow. Did it was an MTV, uh, well? it was, no, it was an MTV package, something package. This was a lineup. It was, uh, it was, uh, Information Society. Oh my goodness. <laughs> was not was. Paul Abdul, Tone Loke, and Millie Vanilli. Was it the Club MTV tour? Yes, it was. Fantastic. That was a great show. 
Good times. Very good times, man. That was that was choice, choice stuff. You know, but I would say in the Club MTV Hall of Fame, Millie Vanilli and Ultimo Dragon should definitely be there. <laughs> All right, I'll give you the Club MTV. Uh, you Club danced MTV. to Millie Vanilli, didn't you? I busted a move. Ugh. Wow. <laughs> what do you think Joe was wearing at that show? Parachute pants. I, I would think an IOU a sweater... But it would be like the previous year. Like, it wouldn't be the most updated model. And possibly some Cavaricci shorts. Hmm. And high tops. I would say Jordan's. Uh, that was, I would say that was 1988 or 89, young Joseph. Yeah, 87, 88. Well, you, you have some early pair of Jordans, I would think. And uh, I just wish you wore, wore the full Cavaricci's and it did a tight roll into your Jordans. Wow. So. Did you bring your picture of downtown Julie Brown? Wubba, wubba, wubba. No, I didn't. Great, great woman. She was very fine in Playboy, even though like she was ten years past her prime. But she really? was she in Playboy. Yeah, she was in Playboy. And I'm not talking about the just say Julie, Julie Brown. I'm talking about downtown Julie Brown. That always confused me as a kid because there were two women named Julie Brown on MTV. It's it's a wet, it was strange. It's a wacky MTV world that we all live in, Joe. Mm-hmm. So, but didn't the white Julie Brown have big boobs? Downtown yeah. Julie Brown or, or just say Julie, Julie Brown? Just say Julie. Yeah, yeah. She had, she had some yeah, yeah's. <laughs> you know, that's the that correctly. You know, that's the way we roll. So what else, what else are we going to talk about besides Ultimo Dragon possibly not being in the Hall of Fame? Well, I think uh, I think Mike should leave Osaka Pro alone whenever he discusses it on his show. He always leaves a bad mouth on it. Not what it was. No, not New Japan's not I always try to leave Osaka Pro alone. Oh, wait. oh, you should discuss it every week. It should be what the whole show's based around, if you want to draw ratings. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because they the are. The Dolphin's really lighting them on fire right now, so. Yeah. Literally, he's probably, like, bent over and just trying to light some fi- farts on fire or something like that. What has uh, more people? People who attend Osaka Pro shows or people who listen to uh, Mike Sempervivi on the radio? It's probably, like, 50 either way, so, you know. <laughs> okay, I give Joe a point there. It's called my show. You you have to put yours to rest. Yep. Out, out of shame. I'm a member of an empire, son. <laughs> Whose emperor doesn't really know who you are or doesn't like what you do. Just, I'm t- it's all biasing against Adam. Adam keeps pissing the guy off. You don't understand that. That's how Keith got his job. He kissed up a lot. See, Adam Adam pisses everybody off. I see. I like Adam. It's You would. Huh. Wow, I hate it when mommy and daddy fight like this. It really just well, strikes a fear. And, of and frankly, as Adam has told me, you know, up here, he won't, he won't even hear this. He doesn't even listen to your show. He's disgusted by your show. He just feels the need to come after me, so he doesn't agree with me on the air. I see. So it's just an act. Basically, the, the character of Adam Summers and the you know hatred sometimes and the disagreements that you guys get into about all things Japan and hockey-related, it's just a big fucking work is what you're telling me. Uh, well, well, no. His, his opinions on hockey are every bit as terrible as Joe's opinions on wrestling, but, you know. Wow. I wish, I wish your show came in chapters, like a DVD, so I could skip, like, Hockey talk and, and boxing and NASCAR and uh, things you say. And... <laughs> That's the only chapters that would be on there. <laughs> Hockey, boxing talk. Uh, I But no, the pro talk, when they do talk pro, it, it's quite inspiring. Yes, it is. Thank you, Keith. Not, well, you know, you're still on my show, Mike, so I have to treat you with kindness. So, but... you know, 
But, uh, but, but but it's Joe's final show, and I think we should give him a touching tribute. And I don't mean by touching him at all, but I mean I think yeah. I, I think we should sit there and say, you know, as someone that helped Joe out when Joe was having problems recording, yep, fired young Joe to take the microphone, sit there and belt out croons of the microphone. Oh, never mind, that isn't Joe. That's Bill Barlow. But uh, no. keep talking to you, Joe. See you later. Oh, that was damn. Dis- oh. Disjointed. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're we're here to have a good time, folks. And so far, I'm just I'm feeling a lot of anger anger issues, and I, I just want to get them all out so we can sit there and have a successful final show of Joe versus the World. I think it's 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 definitely you know he could have had Naylor and Bix possibly talking about some promotion we never saw, but instead he chose to have Keith and Mike Sempervivi on the show, and I, I want to sit there and make sure that everyone has a fun good time with this show. Yeah. So. Oh that's, yeah, that's... rocking out. <laughs> oh come on, Mike! You gotta be happy right now. You got a beautiful son on the way, which means you know the radio shows are gonna have more babies crying than usual. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's it, it's time to celebrate. You know, if I can suggest a name, how about <laughs> Joe versus the World Semper Vivi? <laughs> oh God! <sighs> wow! I... How about uh? There's always Macho Pumps and for Vivi. <laughs> That's a good name. You have to admit that. Macho Pump? Yeah. Macho oh. Pump Semper Vivi. Uh, Rolls off the tongue. It's not as good as Kona Crush Semper Vivi, but... No. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, come on, man. Too early. Too early. What did Crush do to you? <laughs> too crush early. Adam you want to do a Crush thing to, to me? <laughs> what did Crush do to you? He was the third member of Demolition, and he broke my heart. But Bill Eadie had heart problems. Leave the man alone. <laughs> that, that's a good point. No, it's, it's you know. How did Crush outlive Bill Eadie? <laughs> that's, that's, I think, the question that demands to be answered on the show. Oh, this man, week. Bill Eadie it's is still alive. In wrestling. <laughs> yes. Demolition is reuniting, and maybe the fact. Okay, tasteless is going to be a 10. The fact that maybe uh, Brian Adams saw that Edie and Darso were getting back together as demolition and didn't want him possibly broke his heart. Oh. <laughs> so wasn't Bill Edie like 68 when demolition formed? <laughs> like him and Crusher Khrushchev? <laughs> Crusher Khrushchev. Oh, hey, I, I refer to it as the mass superstar and the fucking golfer. Um, <laughs> wow. Not, not the Repo Man? The Repo Man is fine, but he's no Adam Pierce. The NWA world champion Adam Pierce. Tradition and, and, lives. And more than likely on the Dr. Keith Lipinski show this week. So I knew I really? could. I love Adam Pierce. Adam Pierce is a great, great, great man. So Great man. Fantastic man. Great calves. And, and he makes a fantastic repo man. Huh. So. But uh, what were we talking about? Demolition again? Repossessing so, yeah. this show. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, that was a, I, I, I don't know if Semper Vivi deserves a point for that, so I'm going to give him like a half point. But I feel this is going to be like sort of like uh, the Drew Carey whose line is in any way where the points don't matter and when Wayne Brady always wins. <laughs> I'm okay with that. By the way, I'm I'm just checking email right now because I'm just waiting for the next insults between you two guys. And I just got an email that the subject is Tank Abbott training hard for brawl with Kimbo. And, and now my day has been made. So, wow. 
Yeah. You know, something else that, that needs discussion here in the interest of closure. We got uh, we got to turn Mike around on on Big Japan Pro Wrestling. Big Japan need, is fun. It is. We need an ad campaign where we keep trying to coax him with DVDs, and finally he watches it, and then we're like, Mike, he likes it. I've, <laughs> I've seen Big Japan, okay? Not my thing. I have made it clear if you like it, you like it, but it sucks. So I should keep posting Big Japan pictures in your uh, show threads there? You would do such a thing. Who else would post in your threads if I didn't? Alan's got life. Well, okay, besides me and Alan, who would? There's there's plenty of people. (laughs) Like Eric Sprazia? Wide array of listeners. Who? Eric Sprazia? Is that who you pay to listen to my show? Was he the announcer for Global? No, no he was in... ICW uh, references. Yes. <laughs> Joe's right now like, okay, if I talk to Bix and Naylor right after I get off the phone with these two morons, I could possibly save the final show. Wait, and how long did how, did Naylor ever shut up? How long was his segment? 50 minutes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <gasps> we don't like Naylor, Mike? Well, you, well, is Bix on this show? If, you, if you're going to have Bix on... Nope. Okay, no Bix? Just Naylor. Okay, because if Bix was on, you this final show would last forever. Well, that's it may it may be in perpetuity. Could we have but, uh, a segment possibly where you give Naylor and I a topic and we see who could talk the longest about it? That would be quite the. Uh, Naylor was a big fan of your show. He said, besides the show, yours was the only one he uh, he enjoyed. Wow, ruining minds nationwide, Doctor Keith. But uh, then he was he was dumbfounded when he found out you had to pay for Doctor Keith's show. So I don't know about that. <laughs> Really disheartening. You don't have to pay. There's enough people downloading it, find <laughs> it in shops in China and stuff like that. There's enough freeloaders and spammers and everything else sitting there taking the show and doing what they need to do with it. So I'm not, you know. And considering I have a, a major DVD coming out later on this month, you know, and the fact that I'm probably going to be able to see that bootlegged on most of the site that I go to, <laughs> you can see me sitting there crying about that. Wait, Tell a major, us about this DVD. A major DVD? A major DVD. The Doing Time with New Jack. The uh, two-disc shoot interview extraordinaire hosted by myself, Dr. Keith Lipinski, where I sit one-on-one with one Mr. Jerome Young. And when we talk about Young, you're talking about fun. And uh, I escaped alive. And that's the most <laughs> important thing. And I think the final lesson of the DVD. And the also thing is... Watch the DVD for parts where I'm trying to look sort of serious, but I seem to have like a pencil and I seem to be doing erotic things with my hand and this pencil. It's no buys. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I always wanted to say that on this show. So <laughs> wow, we're just getting it all up out in the open. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, yeah, just uh, I, I believe it comes out at the end of this month. Two DVDs, old New Jack matches, fun times, former shoot interview clips, uh, lots of good captions, and lots of factoids that you might not know about New Jack or life in general. So Now, what uh, what matches are on here, Pretel? I believe that these are independent matches and some of the matches that uh, New Jack had in Extreme Pro Wrestling. Sadly, the idea of claymation segments for the mass transit match was uh, (laughs) voided just because of budget. Because really, you know, people talk about the rising price of energy and, of course, the rising price of gasoline. No one the fuck talks about the rising prices of clay. 
Clay's expensive right now. It's not like you can sit there. We don't want to use Play-Doh because it wouldn't look lifelike. We wanted to use real-life modeling clay, but sadly that didn't work. And the Japanimation segments that I wanted to do about New Jack's balcony dives were also uh, given the, uh, sorry, I can't go for that, no can do. I hope you have a lot of the red Play-Doh for that segment. <laughs> the red Play-Doh, well, that's the thing. The red, just... red Play-Doh sort of looks okay, but you really need a nice nice baseline red Play-Doh for, for some of the mass transit stuff. Is but... the one where he stabs Gypsy Joe a bunch of times in there, too? I wish. I, hope so. I, well, I think if we would do that, I, I wish we could figure out a medium to really do that. Maybe some, what like... What do you mean uh, stab him? It was the baseball bat, wasn't it? Or something like that? Beat him with a bat? That was where he just beat him with everything that he could find hands on. That was not fun. And the fact the fact that he really didn't go for Gypsy Joe's hair, his luscious mane of, of hair, that instead he would just sit there and beat on him with multiple chairs was, was, was quite nice. So hmm. there's going to be a lot of stuff on this DVD. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, considering I got to see sort of a, a final product version of it when I was in L.A. working on the uh, WSX DVD. What work did you do on the WSX DVD? I like how this has turned into a Keith shoot interview of sorts, where you just well, 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 I'm glad you asked me. Uh, we were doing all this. This I think it's called Percocet. Now, uh, well, no, I just got to get my plugs in. Well, before, well, in between down periods and the in between rounds of you guys fighting. That's all. You know, I just I just sneak the plugs in generally. I don't have I don't have time to do a show and do my own plug, so I have to go on other people's show and do them. So hmm. this is this is the last play. You got. Uh, I did uh, alternate audio commentaries on all Wrestling Society X episodes uh, wow. that were shown, or all the ten baseline episodes of the show, including the never before seen, only on MTV Australia episode, tenth episode. And then I also did alternative commentaries with that seventies teams on some of their matches and a few other special guest commentaries. So look at that around uh, WSX Xmas time. So wow. And yeah. what will that DVD be called? That I believe the full name of that DVD is uh, Word, 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 Word. It's it's a lot of words, Mike. I mean, I could sit there and actually find find the exact title for you. But really, Mike, it, it's better just to sit there and imagine how awesome the title would be in your mind. I believe it's called The Complete First and Last Season uh, of Wrestling Society X, or, and as I'm trying to pull up the page right now, let's take a little commercial break. Oh, I forgot. You can't do this on this show. Never mind. I don't have any sponsors. Oh. <laughs> what about, what were the old PPH sponsors? What about uh, Monster? Battle Wonder, uh, Battle Hyphen Wonder, <laughs> Matt Murphy. Vader's a fat piece of shit. <laughs> that was a great commercial. You're envious that you didn't get to talk to Matt, Matt Guitar Murphy. So, I can I am. And the entire name is The Meteorotic Rise and Fall of an International Wrestling Promotion, or How I Stopped Worrying and Love Pro Wrestling. So, it's worth the buying just for the title alone. So, you know, and plus, of course, my kids' education. So, definitely pick it up at fine new sellers. And definitely go to battle-wonderland.com for all your <laughs> needs. At least we, we, back in the day, we had some cool sponsors. PearlGear.com sure. ruled. Oh, yeah. That was good. ProsterDVDSource.com had some DVDs that some schleps did commentary on, so I, I got to I gotta give them props. Possibly the Best of Japan, Volume 1. And Volume 2, Mike. That, 2005, that's true. 2006, coming soon. 
Were you a uh, part of those, Mike, or were you left out? No, I chose not to do them, actually. Chose, okay. I, I got the right. offer. I, I turned. Ooh, we tried to highball Joey DVD, and by that I mean slip him a delicious cocktail. He doesn't have any of that stuff. <laughs> oh, we're burying the show tonight. All right, we're burying the show tonight. Hey, hey. I need one of those buried graphics you'd find on the F4W board. I just picture Colt Cabana and a strawberry, and it makes me happy. Boom, boom, Cabana. Boom, bar. <laughs> Is any boom, band boom, band Cabana? Yeah, they, they were pretty, God, OVW was really good. And then, and then Cornette left. Although nothing could, is, is OVW now as bad as it was when Great Ganya was there? For a little while earlier this year, it was truly horrendous. Hey, everyone's dropkicks were very good at that point. <laughs> That's all they learned. Well, the skill that the guys had, you know, had was something to, you know, it was very admirable. It wasn't admirable to watch or anything you'd want to see, but the skill that they implored was quite nice. It's, hmm, no. I don't, does anyone, I mean, does anyone actually watch OVW television besides Brian these days? I don't. You know, I don't live oh. in Kentucky like Mike, apparently. Uh, I have sources, okay? <laughs> besides, Brian doesn't watch OVW anymore either, really. He, he watches all Derby City. No, his beloved Derby City. <laughs> well, it's, it's because, obviously, this... Had the trailer and it had some sort of vendetta against him, and he's going to do something where he ends up impregnating Granny. Ooh. Now, have either of you ever watched a show where you were directly threatened by one of the um, one of the participants? Maybe the New Jack shoot. Maybe that. I'm sure that happened at some point. No, no. New Jack and I got on pretty famously, as you'll see in the DVD, and as we eat chicken. I mean, there were there were times where I did fear for my life, but those times were very few and far between. You know, New Jack was a nice guy as long as he got his way, and as long as we didn't get lost while driving, he had no problems at all. Now, who was so, driving, though? I was driving the entire time. Ah. Wow. Yeah. You yeah. driving the getaway car, so to speak? No. <laughs> what are you saying? Just because he's a former ECW guy, all of a sudden he's... <laughs> life revolves around petty crime or possibly banging Kelly Kelly? No. I was just speaking uh, metaphorically. Okay. Now, you were in L.A. Did your car have hydraulics at all? Uh, sadly, no. And sadly, L.A. has been gentrified, or at least South Central L.A. has been gentrified since, of course, the Rodney King thing, which, which some people might call sad, but I call progress. Hmm. Yes. See, we're learning a lot. Now it's not about... Hatred between two men who should get along famously. I mean, you both guys, you seem to have some things in common. Uh, you both yeah. sort of watch Japan television. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, I'm very far behind in that. I just watched the Differ Cup from this year. And when did Kanemaru grow his hair out? He looks fucking awful. But <laughs> his perm? What the hell? I yeah, Somebody needs to take the scissors to his hair like uh, Milano took him to Tanahashi, who's... Another guy who needs to maybe tone down the hair a little bit. I think the problem with, I mean, as, as great as New Japan has been this year, the hair has still been pretty bad. Like, <laughs> that's why, what really, you know, when people ask me, do you still watch Japan other than Hustle? And I sit there and give them a pelvic thrust and sit there and say, well, you know, occasionally I'll, like, try and watch something else. The problem is New Japan, it's, you know, they've had some good stuff this year, some stuff I've enjoyed, but when it comes to hair, it's been awful. As long as Tenzan and Chono are... Or you, you're always going to be at a disadvantage with hair. Does you Joshu know? still have his mullet? It's, uh, 
That matter. mullet's immortal right there. That, that's, you, that should so, be in the Hall of Fame. You can lariat that mullet to death, and that shit ain't coming off. <laughs> the well, well, the mullet belongs in the Hall Tenzon's mullet belongs in the Hall of Fame over Ultimo Dragon. Yes. I really I think a separate wing of the Wrestling Hair Hall of Fame is, is necessary right now. You know? <clears throat> now than more than ever, I know Barlow and I suggested a mustache Hall of Fame. Oh, you know, man. Just Don because. Fry. Yeah, exactly. And Don exactly. Fry, Rick Steiner. <laughs> well, then Rick Steiner grew the beard and became an evil Russian, so I, I would sort of possibly disqualify him for some time. So you have, of course, the classic Hogan mustache. You oh, know. Yeah. Mark Merrow, when I seriously thought it was a Z-Man coming back with his repackaged gimmick of gay man with mustache. Iron Cheek's in. Iron Cheek had a good mustache, but then, of course, when he burned it on a crack pipe, it wasn't as nice. Oh. Dan Severn. Dan Severn, fantastic mustache. Dan Severn has a yes, mighty mustache. It was it was really when you think about his career and his achievements in the UFC and also the pro wrestling stuff he's done. Really, it's it's hard not to think about Dan Severin besides the fact that he is, of course, the wrestling equivalent of Joseph Stalin. And I don't mean just because of the mustache, more about the politics. Well, you get a, a mighty throwback mustache like Big Bully Busick. That was a great, great, great mustache. Mm. See, before I actually met Mike face to face, I always pictured him being Big Bully Busick. So. And then I met him face to face and realized he was, and that was great. Oh. Did he put you in the stump puller? <laughs> Is that what the kids are calling it these days? <laughs> yeah, I wish it was face to face. Joe Keith is seven foot nine. Harry Keith is a, you know? a tall man. It's scary yeah, but, now, now to find out that that Alan for life is what six feet twelve. He's he's six foot, <laughs> and when I met him, or seven feet as we call it in the. Well, well, the thing is, you got to remember something about about Europe and stuff like that. They're all on those designer drugs to get tall. Uh, oh, so, uh. you know, he, he thankfully, I, I was a little worried at first, but thankfully, I told him to take off his shoes and you know, let's see how tall he really was. And that, that I at least had a good four inches on him. And please don't make that into a fucking trap, someone. Too late. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that already happened pretty much before you said it. I I, I realized that was coming, <laughs> but. Uh, no, uh, no. I, I, so did, yeah. did you really realize it was coming? Yeah, I, I, of course Sorry. I do. Sorry. I, do. I just, I basically say stuff just hoping that someone will make some drops for me. Oh, Joe will do it. He'll Photoshop your voice and then try to embarrass you. Photoshop your voice? I don't... <laughs> I don't get that. I don't know what's... That's, that's, that's why the other people... Sounds like could... you're kind of embarrassed about things you say and you're just like, well, he manipulated my voice. It's kind of <laughs> cheesy, Mike. I'm sorry. Oh, you you have done it. There's proof of it. So proof of it. I'm not. Wow. Previous shows that you've had. Huh. But now you're gonna leave all these crappy shows up at the CubsFan.com too, or are you just going to like shut it down completely? Oh, all our programming will be available for future generations, like uh, future Sempervivis to enjoy. No, no, I am not. No. (laughs) You stay away from Joe vs. the World. You stay away from that show. Wow, this is the worst, very special, like, like uh, ABC after school special. Hmm. The day Joe versus the world was banned in the Sempervivi house for generations of Sempervivis to come. Yeah. Filth and vile trash this is. <laughs> it's Filth and vile trash. Filth wow. and vile trash. So... I mean, I, I, I personally am going to miss Joe's interviews. I, I really, I always have enjoyed listening to Joe interview people and actually sounding 
prepared, unlike some other hosts that do a show from time to time at F4WOnline.com. And I'm not talking about Brian uh, or that fucking idiot Mike Coughlin or Mike Sempervivi or uh, or Adam Summers or Carl, Carl Stern. Stern, that son of a – I don't know. <laughs> well, you got a problem with Carl Stern now? Actually, I don't. But does he do a show anymore? Because I haven't – well, neither do I. But well, I yeah, he probably yeah, right he now. probably heard yours and like you know Inside passed out and died from you know from what <laughs> you know the good thing about this the good thing about this is it's good to see you guys aren't going low and making any sort of references to any other wrestlers that have died this year. So thank you guys for taking the high road here, where Barlow and I would already be on such low low ground that you would be. Surprise. Joe, where are you putting the physical address of this show? <laughs> Mike's sending out text right now that the dogs have been fed. And, uh... hmm. <laughs> wow, that's great. That's, it is. That's, the dogs have been fed. That's that's this is this is radio. Everyone will miss everybody. So sure. You know, can, oh, we, hit, can we talk? I got, more actually, about got a question here. On the juice. What's that? Can we talk more about Joe Funaki and his drug problems? Sure. I'm. He's Surprise. on drugs. I don't know. <laughs> he's he's still employed by the company. Right, right, that right there should be something. Hey, he may have tenure at this point. I, they may have I, forgot who he was and, and thought they fired like when they got rid of Akio. Maybe they thought Funaki was Akio, and they think he's gone already. Who was the other guy? The other uh... Kenzo. No, no. Um, he teamed with uh, Yang when they first showed up. So. That was the Akio Saito. Okay. And yeah, they call him that though. I can't remember what they called him. This calls for research. Uh, hey, this calls for flying Elvis's references. The, ooh, Jorge Estrada. Oh, worst wrestler ever. Is he still? He can't still be. He must have given up, right? I, I would hope so. You would it's hope Sonny Siaki had too, but he's still around. Well, Sonny Siaki at least can do those like you know roles that were meant for The Rock, or you know. Is he? I mean, is he still the booming understudy of Florida Championship ready that wrestling at Sonny Siaki? Hmm. The man, the man who in one year had more nicknames than any wrestler ever deserved to have. <laughs> really, it was. It but was he great. also had desire. He didn't deserve that either. And, and of hot. course, I loved how Jeremy Borash had to refer to her not as desire, but the lovely desire. So. He was he was mad for that desire. He was desire crazy. Trained by Dusty Rhodes. I can't imagine what that meant. Especially a girl being trained by Dusty Rhodes, the American dream. So, Mike, Mike, can you do your Dusty impersonation? Because if I go to the uh, figure four week, a wiki, apparently you do a really good Dusty Rhodes impersonation. And then can you do Matt Hamill? <laughs> oh, and I, that was, I the have never done that. Adam that Summers does person. that impression of Matt Hamill. Who was the person that first did an impression of Matt Hamill that was tasteless? Yours truly. I, I've never done one, so I don't know. You've done one. I have n- never. Yeah, okay. So uh-huh. you say. You know? Oh, it was uh, Sakoda teamed with uh, oh, Yang. That's it. Yeah, that's the hustle cook. I don't know. Ryan Ricota. Yeah, Ryan Ricota. UPW mainstay. Oh. I don't think he's a shoot fighter now, though. And also Dragon Gate brainwasher in Wrestling Society X. Hmm. (laughs) Nice guy, too. But he he really got annoyed with my hustle questions. 
He'd be really upset if you forgot who he was. Could have brought up his well, name a while ago. Well, the thing was, you guys mentioned that, and then I wasn't even thinking about that because really, I don't even remember them wrestling that much. I just remember them being to Jerry's Japanese henchmen and just being like, "Wow, that's great that they have the you know 220 pound Japanese guy, and he needs backup." I actually saw them wrestle at a house show against uh, Jamie Noble and Ultimo Dragon. See how it all comes around. It really, it's uh, it's love, love, much like the Mary Tyler Moore show. I think love is all around, especially with the show. Sure, except for there Mike. A lot of love. Keith, no well, love. while you were away, you, you saw what happened in Hustle, right? Uh, giving birth. Yes, yes, and you know, obviously, the great Muta. You yeah, know, see, and there's the, the best example I can give you: Big Japan Hustle. What do you want to watch? Some fat, scarred up jackass throw himself into a flaming table, or Yingling? Hmm. Now, would Yingling be thrown during a table as well? Yeah, but it would be like a table of feathers, and she'd fall into a bed, and I would come to Generalissimo, and things would be grand. Kawada <laughs> yeah, would sing. Because, re- yeah. <laughs> but then Kawada would be down to his, his shorts, I mean, in his underwear, and then they would not be happy at that at all. See, Kawada singing, fine. Kawada pantsless, not so fine. And, I mean, yeah. this is... This is this is yes, this is but true. think about this. If Kawada was chasing around the ring, Benny Hill style, oh, that would be tremendous. With Anything's real gay awesome, Tenro chasing him around. See, exactly. You got Tenro in the real gay outfit chasing him around. This is funny. Now, is there any way that uh, Joe that you can get Mike some Big Japan DVDs with Benny Hill music throughout the whole thing? I'll see what I can do, and I bet he'd love it. I, I, I he'd cream in his jeans for something. <laughs> That's possible. <laughs> this would improve things. Dramatically, actually, when it comes to, to Big Japan. I, I think we have a winner here, folks. I think we have some sort of compromise. Right. Well, so. The world's a fucked up place, Mike. I think entertainment should reflect that. And Big Japan does that admirably. I, I think, think the show up- does that. that. Also well, true. Excellent. Oh, so that's what you want. The world is a fucked up place. You want your wrestling fucked up. No wonder why you got to put the show to bed. Actually, the real reason i got to put the show to bed is when I had... Mike on by himself, and that was such a. I've had one before, and it, was, and it got the most hits that you have ever gotten. It was just a disaster, a black eye. I'm like, I got to put this thing out of its misery. Biggest shows you have ever done have been with me here. Uh, no, that's yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, it's really not. Yes, yes, what it is. What was the biggest show you did? Joe, what was the the biggest, hugest show? I mean, if we could sit there and remember Joe's show, besides, of course, all the stuff Semper Vivi is going to talk about it, uh, you know, what is the one show that you want people to remember you by? Uh, I'm betting American Balloon. Well, there's so many many shows that I love. I remember the, the movie shows with Justin Shapiro, the show about video games. The shows with Brian Alvarez, your boss, you know, having a good time with me while you're, uh, you know, slaving away somewhere. You know, there's, I love them all in their own way, some more than others, but I have deep affection for all of my shows, and they should all be listened to in order. Wow, what a nobody in a row. Well, yeah, just really, it's just like, wow, that was that was cool, and then all of a sudden it's just like, wow, nothing at all. So, is there any shows that you wish that you hadn't done? That you, if you could turn back time like Cher could and get some good plastic surgery and some ass tattoos, were there any shows where you'd be like, okay, that's a good idea, and... Just really bombed horribly. Besides, of course, the last uh, 50 minutes. Uh, no, you can't un- unring the bell the last 50 minutes. So no matter how much I try to edit all of Mike's comments out, it just won't work. And You know, some shows work. Some shows uh, didn't work quite as well. But 
you know, it's all part of the it's all part of the process. And I can't take out the 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 bump, so to speak, because it it paints an overall picture of the show: the good, the very good, the excellent, and the kind of. Eh. I, I, number one, I'm very surprised that you didn't say the good, the bad, and the Sempervivi. And number two, and more importantly, are you still going to do that idea that you had mentioned to me where you're going to erase everything Mike said and put Charlie Brown's teacher talking during it? <laughs> Someday, God willing, that will be the next project. <laughs> well, you know what you could do? You could do the season series set where you basically do commentary about all the episodes. <laughs> See how, look, how good is that? I don't think you lose anything if you replace that with Mike. Kind of makes it better in a way. <laughs> I would think it really adds to the film noir aspect that you really wanted for your final show, Jim. Yes. You know. Hey, I actually have a, a topic I want to discuss before we go because I want Mike to put over the Briscoes. Who's the uh, Who's the tag team of the year for 2007? Anywhere in the Not world. Not the Briscoes. Who else you got then? Anybody but the Briscoes. The Briscoes are going to make you happy, right? I, I just, actually, I if I say the Briscoes, this will make you happy. Uh, well, so I will say anyone else but the Briscoes. Okay, I can edit that. Just the Briscoes. <laughs> right there. So it's going to be any other tag team besides the Briscoes, and then ten seconds of Semper Vivi silence, and then the Briscoes, and that's it. It'll know? just be. <laughs> To be fair, the Briscoes. Wow. Can you do something where maybe you give mics up for you to speak, and then like, the Briscoes, and then like, that's it? Because that's that's keen as well. That would be keen. Right now, right now, Tag Team of the Year, I mean, as much as I enjoy the Briscoes matches, and I definitely do, because they are fantastic folk, I think Mike's just envious because, of course, they are his kinfolk, literally. I mean, I think Mike might be related to him, which is totally cool. Hmm. But uh, I was not born here. They're all from Delaware. That's, 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 <laughs> I, I'm not claiming Delaware. So. Delaware way, Mike. Let's just admit that right now. You've lost your roots and your smile because Joe's <laughs> leaving. Yep. But uh, <laughs> I would say, I would say, if they were in a better promotion, the Motor City Machine Guns would be my choice for tag team of the year. You mean somewhere where they don't get jobbed out to VKM? And, uh, yes, 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 yes. It, it, it's a problem with great tag team, fantastic matches, just the wrong motherfucking promotion to be into. You know? now, and here, will this make you happy? Which the one? The tag team of the year yeah. is the Briscoes. Okay. Well, I don't agree, but, you know, it's cool you think that. Well, who would you think would be the tag I team? Think the, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Suzuki and Ricky Marvin. Hmm. I don't even know who who are the new Japan tag. I don't even know. You always got Jado and Gato. <laughs> oh yeah. No, yeah. Isn't, it, isn't it Tomko and uh, Andy? Oh, Adrian? that's right. In okay. Bernard, it's Tomko Bernard. and Bernard right now. Okay. And, Which uh, you know, Bernard should be having a lot better year, but not that he got settled down with Tomko. But it's kind of unfortunate he's in that position because Bernard really should be getting a big singles push in New Japan. Well, and maybe I mean, he will, I guess, soon. Well, he would if it wasn't for the fact Kurt Angle holds the IWGP title, or Skevin Nash called it the AMP title. <laughs> no bias. <laughs> wow. It's good to see that you're taking some catchphrases with you on, on your way to the grave, Joe. Yeah, that's so. good to know. It's, it's, Did you know Brian what? let you use that, too? Go ahead. Yeah, he gave me permission. Tell Brian let you use that. Yeah, there you he go. He says okay. <laughs> wow. Wow, a radio cord of that is just like Malta. Uh-huh. Really, really is. Yep. 
But uh, what other what other topics do we want to discuss before we ruin Joe's show even more? So, uh, come on, he's the one with the great interviews. <laughs> Let, let's hear him. <laughs> you mean let's listen? You to want to listen to a show like a show I within a show? No, come on, come on. We're, no, where are the great questions? Where are the great Keith questions? Praise you on your yeah. Geez, Keith, praise you on your. Interviewability. Let's hear him. Interviewability. He's, he's the lame duck leaving office. He's just going to pardon us and then get out of there. That's right. So, you know, let's let's give the man some some credit for you know just you know sitting there going, okay, well I could prepare to talk to Naylor or I could figure out topics to talk to Keith and Mike about. Besides, of course, Mike's Briscoe hate and the fact there's actually Tim Hortons in Europe, but none near him. Huh. I know, man. Okay, I was, that pisses me off. What, why? Why do you think I have such Briscoe hate? I don't have Briscoe hate. Do you have Briscoe love then? I don't, wouldn't call it Briscoe love either, but we got a thing, and it's called Briscoe love. Wow! Now he's taking my gimmick of stealing stuff or just singing <laughs> stealing. I stole you. By the way, by the way, I would like to through a megaphone too. Oh, maybe because no one's ever done that before. That's revolutionary. Yes. <laughs> You know, I'm willing to sit there and say I rip off stuff blatantly. And I, I actually like it when it's so blatant where you can actually hear me fast-forwarding and rewinding and trying to read the captions while I'm stealing stuff. Hmm. So Damn. that's the way I... See? I was yeah. watching some TNA. About that. Does anyone watch TNA anymore? No. By the way, I wanted to ask how that band was going. No. I never did watch it, so you know I can't really... can't say I'm on the, the bandwagon, so to speak. Mike, what about yourself? Uh, just about never. <laughs> just about never. Well, there's plenty of Karen Angle on the show. I thought oh, that would really okay. Now, I have seen a little of Karen Angle on there, but you know, as as a whole, I don't watch TNA that much. Too busy watching good Japanese wrestling, as opposed to Joe. <laughs> so you watch yourself. For you that don't now. watch me. You watch Japan wrestling. That, <laughs> I watch that, you watching Japan. Oh. That is not that. That's not what. That's not what I said. Uh, I have I have a little quandary. Uh, the uh, what, the Ultimate Fighter starts up what in two weeks, guys? Yeah. And it's I believe that it possibly is going up against one of my favorite shows. It's always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh. And right now, I mean, I saw the first episode of the year on the MySpace page, and already I'm I'm loving this year of It's Always Sunny. But at the same time, it could be Matt Hughes being addicted to people. So mm. it's really, it's, it's tearing, it's actually just breaking my heart. What to do? Well, exactly, what to do. This is why I can't do a show. It's just because of thoughts like this just infiltrate my mind. But hopefully soon, new shows, new times, and just joyous. Unlike Joe, I, I, don't, I don't plan on retiring ever because I'm just too deep right now, like Genesis said back in the day. Huh. Yes, but a yeah. shallow man such as Joe Gagne needs to end this. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, Joe's not shallow. Joe, Joe is a good guy. I, I can't say he's a great interview after listening to this. Wow, not, not that I actually am. I'm not like the guy. I only have so much a, to work with here. But, <laughs> are you looking at me or Mike? Though that's, that's I, I can't really tell. Um, I'm looking at Mike's avatar of uh, apparently Akabono being born in Hustle. <laughs> That's, well, isn't that great? The spit and saliva and mist of Great Muda, and of course the vagina of Yinling caused that. Can you imagine what the Semper Vivi baby could look like? That's, that look at that woman beaming at her baby monster Bono. 
That's a beautiful, beautiful child right there. That is and a proud, the best thing is it woman. can't talk because it was just born. Exactly. Huh. You should, we should hear a coup, though. Coups. Now, now his Akabono, because I unfortunately being, you know, yada, 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 out of the country, yada, 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 got drug conviction, yada, 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 HGH. Uh, now, has Akabono wrestled yet in Hustle? Not yet. Okay. When he wrestles, he Way must too have... Way for that. Well, that's hmm. the thing. When he wrestles, he must have a huge diaper... He must walk around on all fours and constantly have a pacifier in his mouth. I demand this to fucking happen. Well, you also said the th- same thing about Katsuhiko Nakajima, but, you know. I Well, I thought that would have But worked. you also wanted Hokuto to burp him as well, but... You mean that's not really his kid? That, <laughs> that really okay. wasn't the spawn of the night with the Power Warriors and, uh, oh. and, and, uh, and her... No, that was the adopted child who Hokuto may or may not have, you know, um, yeah. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, he's quite talented. Don't get me wrong. Sure. You know, now, see, they and, would and team all the time. They would be your tag team of the year. He's got better hair than most of the roster of New Japan. Hmm. Think about it, Mike. No. No. But. Uh, Joe, you've done a wonderful job, uh, uh, and you've done a wonderful job having us on to destroy your final show. I so. appreciate that. As we approach an hour of this, which astounds me because we didn't talk how, about anything. How long is your last show going to be? Is it going to be the three-hour marathon that all PPHs were? Yep. Looking at about three hours right now. <laughs> wow. Do you still have other people to talk to for this show? No, this is it. This is it. I just so got to, you know, of course, some bumpers, say my own special farewell, a little music. Musical interludes, it'll be up. Wow. Oh, this is and this is this is def- this is it for right now. Yep. This is the end. This is the end. This is so, the end. Uh, I, you know, I know we've uh we've had our, our our differences in the past. You know, I don't want to go on a bad note. Hoping we can, you know you know, be be cool from now on. I mean not the best of friends, but just be cool with each other. I think you should be were you talking to me or Keith. I was talking to you actually. Oh, okay. I hope Mike and I can be civil as well. Absolutely not. Not until you tell me what happened to my iPod. (laughs) Dude, I don't know what happened to your iPod. You left it, I think, somewhere in the cab, and probably the cab driver has been enjoying it all around Chicago since that time. I think it was that thick-legged desk clerk went up there and stole my iPod if it wasn't you. (laughs) Wow. You're always blaming it on the thick-legged desk clerk. Always. Which is something you should always do. Huh. Big ass hips. She did. What about you and me? Are we 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 cool, Mike? Okay, to, to show you that I am the bigger man. Wow. I hope. Now I I almost feel kind of bad about doing this. Lock my pregnant wife out of the house. Beat off that prick. American balloon. <sighs> Oh my god. The fact that my computer didn't crash after all that audio photoshopping is killing me right now. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I can think of no final way to end this segment. I'll be right back. God bless Joe and of course the fake Photoshop Mike Supper VD. For the Dr. Keith Lipinski show, this is Dr. Keith signing off. Well, what do you think, Gorilla? We all done? Forget about it! This one is history! 
think we should keep going? Will you stop? All right, we're done. I want to thank all our special guests for appearing on the final show. And while we're giving out thanks, a uh, big thanks to the Cubs fan for, for hosting the show and working so hard to keep the webpage updated. And believe us, the both of us are stunned at how much this show has grown in, in the past year and a half. And I also want to thank anyone who whoever took the time to be a guest on the show. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And that goes uh, especially to people like Brian Alvarez and Mike Quackenbush, who no doubt had better things to do than appear on my wacky little radio show, but did so anyway. And, and I thank them immensely. And Most of all, I want to thank you, the listener. And I know there's a million other podcasts out there, and, and I can't thank you enough for trying this one. And, and most of all, I want to thank anyone who ever had a kind word to say about the show. I'll, I'll check the web, uh, just see what people are talking about. And I see people praising the show, people I don't know, I've never talked to, and, and it really blows my mind. And uh, Big ups to uh, Alan Forrell and Dan at the F4W boards. And How anyone can say it sucks to be Alan is, is beyond me. He's, he's a great man. And, and if uh, you're going to miss the show, you know, you could always try your own. I'm, I'm working on a, a guide to podcasting that I'll get up someday. And if you're an enterprising soul, you may want to try your own. And, and believe me, it's a lot of fun. And who knows, maybe I'll be a guest on your show. So that's going to do it. Have you heard the last of me? Probably not. I'll, I'll pop up here and there on, on perhaps other radio shows. But Joe vs. the World, as we know it, is gone. Will I miss it? Sure. But you have to move on at some point. I left behind a lot of cool shows I'm very proud of. So that's going to do it. So on that note, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you someday. Bye. Bye.